Welcome, everyone, to the Between Two Wheels podcast, episode 298. We are doing stage 10, Volcania to Isuar, 167.2 kilometers. And I, I'm broadcasting from the office. Uh, things just get crazy today. So, um, but we're going to talk about little, is it, is, did, um, you know, Jorgensen got taken down by Israel Cycling, or Israel, Premier Tech. Now, Premier Tech, did they get taken down? by someone else, kind of in a, a tip for tat? Find out. Massive number of people have been upgrading. Yes, there you go. You see the graceful limb that you were talking about before. The race we've got yet again. And a victor then goes. Victory to an American, Andy Hampton. The felt go bite. He looks at the Colombian rider. How are you doing? Straight past Santiago Patero. And he's coming up to Pantani. Armstrong is... Uh, the last few hundred meters as we come towards the finish of this monumental stage in Armstrong. As we start to approach the line now, Pantani fits it deep and accelerates and over the line. is going now to win stage number 15. Sepkus, an emotional finish from Durango in the USA. Sepkus wins. We didn't have a Sepkus win today, but it was a pretty exciting. It was a weird stage. We're going to get to that. What did I say? Uh, 220, Volcano, the 167.2 kilometers. Welcome, everybody. Glad to be here. Today's been today's been a bit of a crazy day. Uh, Victor's already in here. He says, uh, Between Two Wheels is live. Yes. Mark says, fresh off Alviso win and ready for the BT <laughs> live uh, Mark, uh, look, and we're only talking Tour de France stuff here. So congrats on your your parking lot win. Is it a parking lot win? We've talked about this one before. By the way, Victor, I got your mug. Thank you. If people want to send me fan mail, please do. Um, doing this from the office today. Mark Tucker, um, a legend in his own right. Uh, thanks for joining us today. <clears throat> we're going to be just doing it real quick. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of things going on. I'm going to go do a ride tonight. So that's kind of what's in my thing. That's why I'm doing this earlier. I've been doing just playing 7 o'clock uh, p.m. Pacific time, everybody. That's when we'll continue to do these. That's when the I've, the best shot is. But I'm back at the office. I thought I'd just do this real quick. Normally, I didn't even don't even wear a tie to work, but I had to go to court. So um, that's that's uh, cheers, says uh, yes. And uh, Mark Tucker with the laughy faces because he is a legend. He is. Or are you talking about the parking lot crit that I was mocking? <laughs> okay, let's go right to the the, the stuff today. And, and by the way, um, what my my buddy um, uh, Zimney Brian Zimney uh, said, hey, uh, Chris Horner is kind of backtracking a little bit on his analysis of the stage six. And I watched it. And I don't think he's necessarily backtracking. I, look, I think the, the analysis, I have one of my good friends watches this and listens to this podcast. And his whole thing is like, look, I just preferentially into cycling. I enjoy Phil and Paul because they don't necessarily give me tactics. They don't necessarily, 
give me, uh, they give him a little bit and, and he enjoys it. It's perfectly fine. I think that's good. Once you get into it a little bit deeper, like we do, and I really enjoy the tactical analysis of what happens. So for me, I love to hear the, t the people fighting about what should have happened, what shouldn't have happened. And to me, Chris Horner is one of the best out there. I, I've believed that when I raced against him, I believe that when he was still racing in the, in the world tour, and um, I think it shows. Now, you may not always believe what he said, but he does have ways of, of saying this is the kind of things you do. And his mind does work um, maybe a little bit differently. With that in mind today, I don't know what would necessarily happening. You had, I'll be interested to see what he says. But early on here, you had Vingago. You had Pogacar already taken off. Um, here's, the, here's the stage. Uh, kind of going southward, I guess, a little bit east still as well. Uh, lumpy day and they came out with a climb right away there's a three three two three and a three i had said early on i said hey uh what's his name nielsen palace just don't don't try to get in the way in the next few days wait till the some of the bigger ones we'll talk about another 12 maybe uh, where it's got some bigger ones to begin with you can pick up some bigger points let these little threes go and he did he didn't get in there but there was everyone and their dog was was moving up the road um, they were all trying to get up in the break. The break took a while to establish. You even had UAE and uh, Vingago making moves up the front. Uh, you had this little situation here where, uh, let's see, I almost missed it, where uh, Adam Yates almost takes out Sepp Kuss on the front. David Gadu gets dropped at one point early on. It, this reminded me of, um, maybe Mark could, could attest to this up by Baker City. And it, there's I know there's mountains up there, but kind of up there where I grew up, even a little bit more north, where it's wide open, it's hilly, you've got um, wheat fields, gorgeous area, just different, different con you know, like viewing and um, no trees. So it's a super hot day out there today. And then they don't really get any shade. And it was uh, somewhat of a brutal uh, ride for that point. Look, um, 120 kilometers into the stage or left to go, what, 40K or so. The, the whole thing is kind of just weird. Look, the, the field's all breaking up, the field's all stretched out. It's just breaks here and there. And then <clears throat> they do finally get a, a group established up the road. Uh, Pelo Bilbao, uh, Ben O'Connor, Tejada, Alaphilippe, Skilmos is in there. Who else do we have in here? Did they did they show us the whole bit? Uh, maybe they didn't uh, show us. Anyway, you had um, Niltz, uh, Chris Niltz, uh, Nilt. You know, Tyler, let's, instead of just doing all this, let's just go for uh, Chris Nilens, Esteban Chavez, Antonio Pedrero, Kwiatkowski was in there. Warren Bargui, Julian Alaphilippe, Yester Stoyven. Um, or is that the that's the break that comes in there? So that's kind of the, your big moves that you have on the day, and and they're working somewhat good together. They're, they're kind of they're doing what they needed to be doing. But then here, forty-seven k to go. It's a weird aspect. Now, up the road, you do have Bill Bow. He's kind of in threat to the seventh and eighth places in there, six places. Uh, let's actually take a look here because he moved up uh, six places today. So um, he was down here. Yeah, he was he was threatening Pidcock, Yates, uh, Yates, and David Gadu and those guys. And then um, so he's up in the break and they have two, three minutes here. You can see with 47K to go, they had 224. So it's interesting to see what teams are going to help out. Now, Jumbo's kind of there. They're, they're kind of somewhat okay. Uh, doing a little bit of pressure on the front. <clears throat> you then at some point, uh, and we'll kind of move back, but uh, UAE, are they going to help? Maybe Bora's going to come in because they need to start protecting Jai Hindley's place. So uh, there's a lot of different factions going on here and who's going to be able to help. Well, for some reason, Alpeson comes up. They start doing some work on the front. Then, you know, Matthew Vanderpoel is doing some work on the front. They go over the top of this climb. And they're starting to bring things back just a little bit. He and Wout kind of push ahead on the downhill. And next thing you know, 
they're they're off in a break together, and it's <laughs> they're not they they close it down. They go the, the break is up two twenty eight or so. They they're like I don't know, uh, not quite bridging it, but they're thirty seconds or so above the the peloton. Uh, but they're not really making much progress. There's a good climb, and that's when actually um, uh, Chris Nielsen um, takes off. Nielens takes off. Uh, Shaw had been doing a lot of work for him with Israel, and they go up this climb. Uh, I think this is the last cat, last cat three, and that's where Nils, um makes his or Chris uh, makes his big move. And you're thinking, okay, well maybe um, Wout and um, Vanderpool will maybe be able to take something back at this point. But they weren't. They weren't uh, making any progress. Uh, and Nielens took off. Look here, uh, 32k to go. He's got just a barely a bit of a gap, but he does extend that out. These two guys finally, uh, Vanderpool's like, "What is going on?" And he just sits up. Uh, and then Wout c- carries on for a little bit, and then next thing you know, he sits up. But here you go, back in the the pack here. Remember, Kwiatkowski is up front, but the 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 group is being challenged now. As soon as the break goes up the road with Nielens. Ineos gets on the front here because Kwiatkowski is no longer in that break, but he's still working. And then that break splits up and you get two separate breaks. You have, well, three. You have Nealon's up front. Then you have a group of four or five. Then you have another group of four or five behind him. And at some point, they're all about 30 seconds behind each other. This is probably the worst situation that could have happened for Chris because instead of these guys, there's the four here, Bilbao, uh, Chavez, Pedrero, and... um, uh, what's the guy that got second today? Zimmerman, Gerg Zimmerman. Um, so th- the problem there is those guys were like, they didn't want to be caught from behind. Behind, you have Alaphilippe Kwiatkowski. They can sprint. So this group here that is right behind Nealens at 38 seconds, you can see going over the top of the climb, they, they're in, in, incentivized to keep pushing themselves to try to bring back the, the lone leader and not screw around and attack because they don't want to get caught with Alaphilippe and them behind. Alaphilippe, Kwiatkowski, they're all motivated because there's two groups up the road. There's the single rider, Nealens, and then in front of them is this group. And if they get this group, maybe they can get the next guy. So everybody is motivated. And the problem with that is they come over the top of the, the final climb, and then there's some descending, and then there's some flat and little lumps. So Chris is everything is against him to be able to sustain this move and go out there because the guys, how often do you see a group of four that are all totally committed, rotating through without a problem? Not always. Then you got another group of four behind that. They're just as motivated and doing the same thing. So everyone is just a collapse into themselves, into the, the lead writer, uh, Chris Nealens. And, and it didn't really uh, bode well for him. He does have this short little uh, gap out there, but you can see with 3.2 to go, um, the group does catch him. Uh, Chavez takes off, then Pedrero does, uh, then Georg uh, with about a kilometer to go. Then you know what, like, the, my concern at this point is you're going to get the Alaphilippe group coming up. Alaphilippe, and I say concern because I don't really care for Alaphilippe to win or necessarily even Kwiatkowski. It is interesting, like I said, you had Kwiatkowski doing work in that group well and then behind him is the is his team chasing but i mean the team chasing is not they're not going to pull him back but it's to sustain the 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 gap or their the positions on the top parts of the gc we're not going to get him back but we're going to kind of maintain this gu- buffer and all the big sprinting guys had been kicked out anyway uh, caleb ewan uh, jacobson were like early early on i mean like within the first three kilometers i think of the of the stage today Philipson was there until like the last 40 or so, which was still odd because that's when Matthew Vanderpool was uh, working things over. So you get uh, Georg, or Gort, George, 
Georg uh, Zimmerman comes in here. He attacks with a kilometer to go. Um, and immediately you see a bit of a split in the bunch where <clears throat> Pell Bilbao is able to jump up, start to bring him back. And then on his wheel, um, uh, took a little bit more, was um, um, Ben O'Connor. And Ben O'Connor comes up to them. Now, he's still, I can't see the, Seven minutes. Uh, let's take a look here. If it even says here, you can see any yard, uh, yardage. I actually heard Bob Roll say 400 yards to the top. And I'm like, what is he, golfing? Um, but when uh, Pell Bilbao finally starts to sprint here, I can't see the yardage. Or, once again, did it the, the meters on the side of the road for how much is left in the sprint uh, because it would have been interesting to see if if uh, Ben O'Connor comes up to them and immediately goes through. Get your gap, get your, your momentum, try to use that to go through him. But instead, he sat on. Now, the most interesting part here is Pell Bilbao starts to sprint. Zimmerman starts to sprint. And I don't know if – let's go back just a fraction here. Zimmerman's on the front. Look at his pedaling. It looks per perfectly fine. Then Pelo Bilbao starts going here. And right there, Zimmerman puts it into like, I don't know, the 11. Does he have a 10? But I don't know what he was doing. Whereas Pelo Bilbao put it in a gear that he can gap immediately and then get on top of the gear and sprint. And it was a short sprint. It didn't look like it was full, you know, even 200 uh, meters to the line, which means he just needs to stay on top of that to continue himself. Whereas Zimmerman takes a long time to try to slog this thing out and it looks painful his sprinting in the end um Pelle Bival gets the win Gare, uh, Zimmerman holds off Ben O'Connor and then I think Christ gets fourth uh, Esteban Chavez fifth Pedro Antonio Pedrero gets uh sixth in there and then Skilmos and Kwiatkowski come in Warren Bargi they're all 30 seconds uh, back then and then Stoyven wins the stage uh, for the 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 big GC group. So I don't know if they, they were disappointed. They, uh, they were left out, but, um, so all quick steps still haven't got their win. And then the, um, the, and then there's your top there. No change. 17 seconds from Vingope to Pogacar Hindley down 240. You do see a bill bow moves up with, they say six places here. So he goes up in the fifth at 434. And now it'll be interesting to see, is he going to be somewhat like, Jai Hindley, where Jai makes a big move, goes up. Now Jai's been holding his position quite well. Or is he going to be one of these guys that there was a reason why he was so far behind? But he only took 240 today. So it's not, you know, uh, it's not like he was, wait, 240? Is that what it is? 230? What was the amount here they took? 253. So he took uh, took almost three minutes uh, to come on back. And, you know, for the most part, uh, it seemed like it was uh, it was probably worth it. Now, it was worth it for the day because he got the win. He also, let's, uh, I'm going to go. This is, this is the thing about Wout. He denies he's leaving the Tour de France. Bizarre day includes accidental late attack with Vanderpool. Uh, rumors, Wout's banner's imminent departure of this year's Tour de France, it turns out, were greatly exaggerated. But that didn't stop the whispers from gradually amplifying. Much of Tuesday, the race resumed after its first rest day. Bernard, so the story went, was going all out for the win stage 10 as he was leaving the tour immediately afterwards to attend the birth of his son. Two and a, two and two began, that doesn't make sense, to add, oh, two and two began to add up to five in earnest once Matthias Skilmos repeated the rumor uh, for the benefit of the TV2 cameras before the start in Valenciana. Jumbo Visma moved quickly to deny the story while Wout himself learned of the rumors via his radio. Um, an hour or so before the finish, on reaching the jump of his rush, he phoned home to confirm there had been no change in the expected post-tour due date. 
And by the time he would warm down shortly afterwards. Um, okay. So it sounds like they had this whole situation come to light. I mean, already planned to have birth after the tour. And he's like, Oh crap. Did my father, I don't know if he's a father yet. I wonder what you're going to ask. Banner uh, quipped at the nod of reporters who kept vigil while he cooled down. I guess it's no news for you guys that my wife is pregnant again and we expect the boy again. So he's already a father. I just did a quick call to my wife to check if she's all right. And luckily she's doing well. So I don't know where it's coming from, but I'm in the tour and hopefully for as long as possible. Uh, sweet. I just I have no idea what that boy Skimmels got from that. I've never spoken to him, but I'll ask him tomorrow. Maybe he wants me to go home. He joked. My team director informed me in the last part of the race. So it was a bit prepared for it. Uh, I was happy I could make the call and it was just a rumor. Maybe there's some guys in the peloton that want me to go home. You don't just get, he doesn't get to go home just because you um, say he should go home. Right. I mean, that's not really how it works. It's his decision. Unless, you know, the, the decision of the, uh, uh, the, the manager or the, the teams, um, the jury, and he does something wrong. Um, Brian, thank you. Wild is leaving so he can contest the next LVs. <laughs> right? uh, Tucker. Um, so here you go with the uh, overall spread today. Um, uh, let's, go, let's go to the stage. We're at the stage. I do want to look here at the bottom because... See if anybody, nope, they all made the time cuts. Drevenins and all these 34 minutes. That's pretty good. 34 minutes as for, for how bad that day actually looked. Super hot. Um, and there you go. Let's go to the GC. Like I said, Bill Bow moves up six places. That's the one of the better better moves we've got here up into the, the fifth place. That's going to piss off the um, Adam Yates, Simon Yates, Pidcock, Gadu. Uh, Sepkus, all those guys that he jumped over. I think he was already ahead of uh, Sepkus. So that's, uh, let me see, three minutes, four. No, I think he was behind. So, yeah, because he's all, uh, Roman Bardet, all these guys went down. Duh. You just look at the arrows, and that's, that's you're able to do it. Points jersey doesn't change. Um, no one, uh, Tobias uh, Johannesson, I think he won some points today. So he does move up a bit. Uh, but other than that, um, Felix, uh, Felix. Felix Gall didn't do anything. He hasn't done anything for quite some time since uh, Nilsson Palace took those points back in the youth jersey still with Pogacar. Teams with Bahrain. So, you know, the Gino, Gino Mater, that if you, don't, you aren't aware, Gino Mater, their teammate Bahrain, dies in the Tour of Swiss. He's a Swiss uh, citizen. He's in their ra race, and he has a tragic... I, and I saw... I haven't watched... I can't find videos out there. Not that I've really looked, but I did find a crash picture of uh, Magnus Sheffield who also went down in that race. And he's down long way down this, this mountainside. And they're trying, and, and that, I mean, that could have been part of the problem. It's like, you don't just crash and hit something. It's like you crash, you hit, and then you roll and you're way down this mountainside. This appeared to me. I haven't really checked out if that's the case. I haven't had anybody because look, he just died. Do, do we need all the gory details? Kinda, kinda, kinda we do. Um, okay, so Bill Bow puts in a lot of work to get up there today. Okay. Everyone else does some work, but is this going to be one of those situations where he then uh, dramatically explodes coming up? Could be, because this is going to be a pretty tough week. I was extremely impressed with his interview. Post-race interview, they, you know, uh, Sebastian Piquet uh, puts the mic in front of him and, and usually asks some of the dumbest questions. Oh, you happy you won? Well, no shit, dude. Uh, but Bilbao... But I, I thought he took the opportunity great, which is, you know, look, not everyone is skilled at taking, you know, how to conduct an interview or when you're being interviewed and you're, you're feeling like, oh, I'm, 
I'm, uh, I'm being celebrated here. I'm just happy to be here and you don't really have your thoughts. And then next thing you know, you, you answer a few quick questions and then boom, your time's done and you get spit out and you're like, okay, that was my one chance to be in front of the camera. I got the feeling from Bill Bow that he was like, look, it's my time here. I don't, <laughs> I think he said he's been racing for 13 years uh, as a pro. It's his first Tour de France win. And he's like, I'm going to get my chance. I'm going to talk as much as I want. And then what he said was, I, I thought it was really good. One, you could tell English isn't his first language, but geez, he, he spoke better English than a lot of um, English speakers. Okay. So I loved how he described how the race uh, played out for him and what the team had talked about the night before and then how it played out and how he ended up winning and his thoughts there. He said kind of like just, you know, cold blooded killer type of thing. Uh, and then he also talked about the Gino Mater aspect, and I thought that was and he, and he just did a fab, fab job. And I haven't really heard interviews with him much, so um, I, for that I was uh, thoroughly impressed. Um, so here's today's stage. Let's go tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, once again, I think this is this should be a, a break, or you may you may see Philipson. You may see I don't know if Vanderpol didn't blow himself out today. Uh, you may see uh, the Alpes and Phoenix team actually try to take this. Because it's not, I mean, it looks lumpy, but they're cap fours. So those aren't high climbs. I mean, you got 3.9 at 4%. That shouldn't be any, 2.9 at 4.4. Um, you got this other one, uh, 1 1.9 at 4.9. Uh, and then 1.7 at 5.1 with still, you know, 70, 60 or so kilometers to go. So I, I, these little pitches, I'm sure will be bad. Maybe you're looking at another Mads Pedersen if, if the break doesn't get away. And you're going to start seeing a lot of these same breakaway riders getting away, staying away, because uh, they're the only ones that are really having the fitness. So I, you might start to see them recycled from the first time. You know, the Jorgensen's, uh, Matt, um, Mike Woods, probably not yet, not strong enough for, for Mike Woods uh, as far as the, the terrain doesn't quite go too deep for that. Otherwise, I think you're, I, I wouldn't doubt if you see um, uh, Alpacin do some work and, um, geez, uh, Mads Patterson really came through. So, um, him or even, um, uh, Lotto Sudal to try to keep things together. Cause you saw Stoyven today comes over the top. He is with them, right? Let's double check. Let's go to the results. Make sure I'm not uh, seeing things here. Uh, stage today. Stoyven, Jasper Stoyven. No, he's with little Trek. Um, so Sudal had Alaphilippe. I think he used to be with them, but Stoyven is, is now with the Trek team. So, whoops, screwed you. Okay, so let's just keep going along here. This will be um, tomorrow. or uh, Sorry, this will be Thursday. Um, and there's a few bigger climbs, and I could see trying to actually get uh, Nilsson Palace in this group because you're going to start getting Cat 2 climbs and, and more points, a little bit more. Uh, maybe he'll be able to do that. And then um, Friday... You've got coming up to the Grand Colibier. That's going to be obviously big time stuff. Stage 14, the Jouplan, uh, Col de Ramals, the Col de Fur, and the Col de Jean Paz. So look, this Col Jouplan, I, and I heard Horner talking about this. Uh, this, is this is the one that was, he talked about it being in stage 16 of the 2006 Tour de France, where uh, boy Floyd Landis gets up there, does an amazing ride or was it incredible ride uh, and, and wins the stage and they go up the Jouplan and it's, it's a horrible, he said, it's a very difficult climb. Now my, there's more recollection to the Jouplan than that. There's a few other things, which is um, that's the one where Lance Armstrong, I think in his first tour de France, he's, he bonked heavily and had some food there for, from his teammates. So he still had teammates around. Him. That's one thing we're kind of talking about here where you start to get, uh, you know, Pagacha up the road, Vinga go up the road, and they don't necessarily always have those teammates other than Wout, I mean, sorry, then um, 
and this is the whole thing going back to stage six about the, the having your going up the road with a wout rather than a sepkus. You know, it's problematic. Point is, Lance was bonking up there and he ends up um, saving himself on the Juplane. I also think the Juplane is is where um, oh, Dumoulin was training a few years ago and hurt his knee and then had to end up not going out of the tour uh, that year. I think that was, what, two or three years ago. He was doing a lot of training up there for some reason for the tour. He was on the Juplane and he or he drove out there to do it. And then, he, and then anyway, there's rumors about him and this was he faking it or whatnot. Uh, but I believe that is the uh, the climb they had for there. And then let's go stage fifteen. You got the Four Clos de Montmartre. I don't know what that is. Cat one, the Croix de Fure, uh, Col de Aravels, and the Cote de, de, de Mont Blanc, Saint Gervais, the Cote des Aramans. You know they do the Col de Lose at some point as well. I'm trying to see which one, which day that is. Col de la Lose. Um, that is on stage seventeen and. Remind me, uh, help me out here if I'm wrong. Isn't that the one that um, where the, the year 2020 when Pogacar won, uh, Sepkus did set a blinding pace up there. Uh, they dropped Pogacar momentarily. I think um, uh, and, uh, Lopez was up there, Superman, which calls off. He, he put a little bit of a time gap. And that was a Sepkus was that's kind of the one that they thought maybe they were going to try to put uh, Sepkus in. It's a really short path, but it looks like that goes up and then drop down. I'll do a little bit more uh, research into that and then you can uh, find out. Okay, that's that's uh, I think that's all we have for today. Anybody? Uh, let's remove this here. Hope everybody uh, enjoyed this. This is a little bit more disjointed for me, probably because I, I, it's a busy day. I'm going to try to do a ride. It's a little warm out here. Um, John Novikov joins in. Nilsson. Looked like a tough day for him. What are his chances of holding the dots through the Paris? Fingers crossed. Um, and thanks, Victor. Uh, Tony, thanks for live streaming. Yep, thanks, Victor. Victor sent me a mug, people. This is, uh, this is what you do when you when you love your shows. Thanks. Superman Lo Lopez won up Col de Lodos. Okay, so I was right. Um, so Nilsson Palace being able to hold on, I, I, I have, I think he's expended too much energy to get the points he has got right already. He's done a great job doing that, but he's spent too much energy to get the actual points that he has had. And therefore, I don't think he's going to be able to hold on to it. Like I said, he needs to take a day like today back off. Probably should have ridden in with the, uh, the sprinters, take a day like that tomorrow, and then hit it on Thursday and start collecting those points when they matter uh, rather than just uh, trying to be in all over the place. All right, everybody. Thanks. Like, subscribe. See you tomorrow.